Thank you for listening to this sermon from Seven Springs Presbyterian Church. If you want to learn more about us, please find us on Facebook or visit us at sevenspringspresbyterian.com. Righteous Father, we come before you, and as we have had our hearts enlightened, that we might grow in that enlightenment, that we might know of the hope in which you have called us. Not only the hope, but also the riches of this glorious inheritance which you have freely bestowed upon your people. Lord, that immeasurable greatness of your power which you have shown towards us to those who believe. Lord, that we would see this according to your great might. We pray that you would do this this morning as we read your scripture together, as we study your scripture together, that we would see of this glorious inheritance which is given to the saints. Lord, we'd know of this power which you have shown to us. We pray that you would continue to work within us. For your name's sake, we pray. Amen. Here now, the word of the Lord from Psalm 23. Uh, this morning, we'll be reading from the Genevan Bible uh, as we're changing translations as we go through this study. But this is uh, the Geneva Bible written uh, in English, although Geneva is in Switzerland. Um, uh, was written by people, Englishmen, that went over to Geneva um, and studied and translated the Bible. So, hear now the word Lord from Psalm 23. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to rest in green pasture, and leadeth me by the still waters. He restoreth my soul. And leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I should walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou doest prepare a table before me in the sight of mine adversaries. Thou doest anoint my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Do tell ease, kindness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall remain a long season in the house of the Lord. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord will stand forever. You could say that 1 Corinthians chapter 13 would also be called not only the love chapter, but maybe you might call it the wedding chapter. And by this I mean that this is probably the most common chapter that is read at a wedding. As the Scripture reading comes up, they read, what, about lo- what is love? Then you might then say that Psalm 23 is most commonly known as the funeral chapter. We understand why. You read this psalm, you can see as you have been at the graveside and the pastor or even collectively the people have read this psalm, you can see why this is known as the wedding, uh, the funeral chapter just as you can see why 1 Corinthians chapter 13 would be known as the um, wedding chapter. You even see this somewhat in Jacob as he's on his deathbed at the, towards the end of his life in the end of Genesis. He spoke to J- Joseph and he s- says to Joseph that God has been my shepherd all my life long this day. 
could put the first lines of Psalm 23 in the last sentence of Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for length of days. And this is what Jacob said on his deathbed. You can see why this has become the most popular psalm, the most popular chapter in the Bible, and even why it's the most popular verse read at funerals. Although we do find comfort in the other lines of this psalm, quite possibly today's line is the line that gives the most comfort to those mourning the loss of a loved one. Even though I walk through the valley of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And I pray today that we would see that this verse not only gives comfort to those at a funeral, but also comfort for the sheep of the Good Shepherd as they walk through this life and through the darkest of valleys. We see this first, the darkest valley. Although we understand the poetic nature of this psalm, I think that often we read this psalm to make us feel better. That this, light, this psalm actually speaks of the life of a believer. This line in the psalm tells us that we should be prepared for in this life. That a believer, a true believer, a true sheep of the Good Shepherd will have moments in their life where they walk through difficult seasons. Now we often read this as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I think this comes from translations like the Genevan Bible, the King James Bible, which have, have a, a long-lasting influence even on modern translations. The words that are used here, the word that is used here, when it's translated in any other Psalms, it appears four other times in the book of Psalms is translated, the shadow of death. However, all the other 14 times it appears in the Bible is translated differently. Now often I point out the difference in translation, and and often you will find that the translation is not necessarily wrong. That the word has more of a broader meaning. That often when you translate a word, you translate it correctly, but there's an idea behind that word which needs to be translated as well. And so too with this passage, shadow of death is a great translation. Especially when you understand what the book of Psalms is. It's poetic in nature, so a translation that is more poetic is helpful. But if you were to translate this word literally... It would be that it would be walking through the valley of deep darkness. Now this carries the same idea as death. You can see this in the book of Job, in Job chapter 10. He quotes this word twice towards the end of this quotation I'll read. But Job sits out and says, Why did you bring me out of this womb? What had I died before an eye had ever seen me? and were as though I had been, not been, carried from the womb to the grave. Are not my days few? Then cease and leave me alone, 
that I may find a deep cheer before I go. I shall not return. To the land of darkness and deep shadow. There's that word. In the land of gloom, like thick darkness, like deep shadow, there's that word. Without any order, where light is as thick darkness. So you can see that the shadow of death is a correct translation if you understand Job speaking of where are you going? The grave and the grave speaks of death, that deep darkness. I think that's a very specific translation of this word, but it can have a broader meaning. Not only just death in itself, but anything you might say that is death to some extent of this life in which we live. This deep darkness of sorrow, death of joy, grief, the loss of something, sickness, the death of health. Other difficult seasons in our life that is broader than just that moment of death. It definitely carries that idea, but I think it carries a broader meaning. We, we spoke that this is a psalm of David, and maybe it might be helpful to know at what point and moment in life this psalm has, had written this. What is this deep valley of death that he speaks of? Is it that moment of life after David's sin where he then had received the discipline from the Lord for the matter of the, concerning the wife of Uriah the Hittite Bathsheba? This might be why it continues to say that thy rod and thy staff comfort me. This might explain the season of his life as the death and the destruction came upon his house with the death of his unnamed son, then the death of Amon, then the death of Absalom. This might be the dark valley in which he walks through that he is speaking of at this time. Maybe it's not this life and this moment. With the discipline of the Lord, maybe it's the time in which he was wandering in the wilderness. Not suffering because of the sin of him, himself, but suffering and walking through this valley because of the sin of someone else. His years of fleeing Saul in the wilderness stemmed not from his own sin, but the sin of jealousy within Saul. He would walk through another season in his life that is marked with death. The death of Saul, the death of his beloved friend Jonathan, Abner, Isbosheth. We do not know what marks his life, what death valley he is walking through at this point. But it's not just true of David that they have walked through these dark valleys. But the great cloud of witnesses that have gone before. Abel as he was murdered because of the sin of Cain. Abraham and Sarah waiting and wandering in those years of infertility, as God has promised them a son, but there is no son yet. Jacob with his years and and those tension in his house. Some of that was self-inflicted, but 
many of those through his father-in-law Laban. I mean, you could almost pick any believer in the, the life of the Bible. And you see that their life is not just all smooth sailing. Their life is, is marked with valleys of darkness. You might even say that their life is more darkness than light, such as Jeremiah. And even if you turn to the New Testament, this continues to be the case. Whether Paul, Peter, John, or any of the other apostles, the psalm teaches us that the life of the believer have seasons of green pastures and still waters. But also they have seasons of deep darkness. Ian Campbell shows that the melody of the believer's life has both highs and lows. He says there are good and pleasant things in the Christian life. But the melody that makes up the tune of the believer's life has low notes as well. The bass notes and the minor keys all play a role in their life. This, this psalm, as we think it brings us comfort, teaches us that, that the believer has both highs and lows. Sharps, flats, and all the other keys. But as we walk through that dark valley, whatever that dark season may be in the believer's life, he says he will fear no evil. Psalm also then teaches us that during those seasons of deep darkness, we have nothing to fear. Now this is one of those challenging parts of this psalm that we often don't reflect upon. Not just that we walk through the valleys of deep darkness, but as we walk through them, we have no reason to fear. John Stevenson makes a great distinction between what it is to feel evil and what it is to fear evil. He puts it this way. The psalmist does not say, I will feel no evil, but I will fear no evil. He knows the trials await him, and the flesh and the blood must feel them. He fosters not any false courage by vain concealment of the truth. He never deludes himself with the idea that there are no difficulties and no terrors in the valleys. Oh no, he is fully aware of the sorrows and the pains, the shrinkings, the agonies, the assaults and temptations that befall him. But he exclaims, while I fear them, I will not fear them. All things shall work together for my good. Why then shall I fear any evil from whatever I may encounter? I will fear no evil in the valley of the shadow of death. And sometimes we get those two things confused. As I get the word confused, confused. That the believer does have evil in their days. It does not say that there will be no evil. That as you walk through this valley of deep darkness, that there's no feelings that you don't feel. It's not this false sense that the, the dark and deep 
dark valley is just a valley of light as, as it is for the believer. As we walk through this deep, dark valley, the pains and the, 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 the evil is around us. Again, because of our own sin, but also it can be from the sin of others. Jacob says to Pharaoh, as Pharaoh asks him, how long have you lived on this earth for? Jacob turns and says, few and evil have been my days. He looks back at his life as a believer, and you might say that once he started to be a believer, then that is when all these evils came and befell him. But he would later tell Joseph, as he's on his deathbed, that he was redeemed from all evil. When we fear God, we have no reason to fear anything else. We understand that word that we walk through, that it is but a shadow. We have nothing to fear in a shadow. David, as he writes this psalm, writes of the same shepherd in the first three verses as he does in the fourth verse. The same truth which is found that I shall not want, that the good shepherd will will hold nothing from his sheep, is the same shepherd who leads them through the dark valley. When we grasp the statement, the all-powerful Sovereign Lord is our shepherd. Then we understand that we have no reason to fear evil. Now just because we have no reason doesn't mean we always do this. Paul instructs the church in Philippi, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts, and your minds in Christ Jesus. He doesn't neglect and say that you shall fear, you shall feel no evil. And he doesn't just tell his, the Christians to don't be anxious. Just stop it. Stop being anxious. He tells them how to be able to handle his anxious thoughts. He tells them, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in prayer and supplication, hand them over to God. And when we focus on the problem, we forget about God. This psalm is quite a personal psalm for me. Like most of us, it's probably one of the few chapters of the Bibles we can recite from memory. But often, if I wake up in the middle of the night and my mind starts working and turning and thinking and churning, and often it sends me down this path of this deep, dark valley, you might say. Nothing is happening. I have no reason to be anxious, but I am. You know, I get that thought out of my mind. And what I do in that moment is I recite the 23rd Psalm. Over and over and over and over. 
And as I recite the 23rd Psalm, I'm reminded that the Lord is my shepherd. That I shall be lacking for nothing. That there are seasons in my life which has green pastures and still waters. He restores my soul. That He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. That even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for You are with me, Your rod and Your staff. And I'm reminded as I recite this over and over again of who the Lord is and how He is my shepherd. That I have nothing to fear because the Lord is my shepherd. And because He is my shepherd, that we also see that He is with His sheep. The comfort is not that even though we walk through the valley of shadow of death, that a believer has this, that evil is around him, that there's no reason to fear. There's no reason to fear because He is with us. That the comfort for the sheep is not necessarily that the situation or circumstance is different. The comfort for the sheep is knowing that the shepherd is with them. That he is close by. Just before that verse in Philippians chapter 4, Paul says, Don't be anxious. Right before that, at the end of verse uh, 5, he says, The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about everything, but hand it over. There's a difference between saying, You're anxious in this moment, and God is all the way up there, and you need to go and tell him. But there's a difference where saying the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious. Hand your cares over to Him. As Jacob set off from Padam Aran, the Lord speaks to him. And He promises Jacob many great things as He did to his grandfather Abraham and his father Isaac. One of the great promises that I'm sure that comforted Jacob, as throughout all of his time, where the Lord said, Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. You can understand why then later in his life he says that the Lord is my shepherd. That He kept me. That He was with me wherever I went. Later on, when he confronted his father-in-law Laban, He'd been treated rottenly for 20 years. Lied to, tricked. He he bore a lot of the weight and responsibility of his father's sheep. But he said, if the God of my father, the God of Abraham, the fear of Isaac had not been on my side, surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed. He said, because the Lord is my shepherd, because He has kept me, because He is with me, I I have these things. That he, if he was not on my side, I would have nothing in my name. He looks back in his life and said, if the Lord had not been with me, my life would have a different ending to it. Even as he's about to go down into the land of Egypt, away from the promised land, he's confronted once more by God and tells him, I myself will go down to you with Egypt. Reminded how the Lord was with him as he went to Badam Aran and he saw him, he was by his side, and now 
God tells him to go down to Egypt and say, I'm going to go down with you to Egypt as well. That I fear no evil, for you are with me. The sheep of the good shepherd by his side has nothing to fear when walking through the valley of the deep darkness. Isaiah writes to the people of God in chapter 46, said, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Why do we have nothing to fear? Because God is with us. Charles Spurgeon said that the presence of God is the, in the flood is better than the ferry boat. He'd much rather have God with him on the ark in the midst of a flood than he would on a boat in a calm, still day. When we fathom that our Good Shepherd, and we know that He is our Good Shepherd, and we know that He will not lead us down this deep, dark valley for no reason, without having an enormous study, it is hard to be able to to say these are the facts, but I think that you could say that when a believer walks through the dark valleys of their life, there are times when I think that they grow the most in their Christian walk. They seek God more fervently. They pray more deliberately. Their dependence is shrunk. Their humility is grown. Their sin is revealed. They turn to God. God is always there. Looking back on those times in your life, I think that you'll see the same thing. That through those times which have been very difficult, that you grew as well. Your love for God grew deeper. James Montgomery Boyce said, we are never so Conscious of the presence of God as when we walk through life's valleys. We understand them more realistically. We never seek to be able to put ourselves in those places, but as we walk, as the shepherd leads us, we find out that we grow. Samuel Rutherford put it, grace grows best in winter. And it's often that's when we realize how small we are, how great and strong God is. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. But I think the greatest comfort in this verse actually comes with a word we probably just pass over. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I would fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And we think, oh yeah, what great comfort is this? Why is this a funeral verse? I think the great, greatest comfort in this word, come in this passage we've read, is the word through. In that one word, we see great joy. That the believer has comfort that the sheep as they follow the shepherd, 
not the other way around. It's not that the the shepherd follows the sheep, but it's the sheep that follow the shepherd. We often have this thing that, that fear not, for I am with you, is that the shepherd is by our side as we walk. And that gives us great comfort. But I think the greater comfort still is that the shepherd walks before the sheep. That there's no part of the dark, deepest, darkest valley that we walk that Christ has not walked for us. And this then changes the line of the psalm. It's not merely that there's comfort, that there's someone else in this valley with us. That Christ has gone before us through this valley of darkness. That Christ has walked through the valley of darkness. The valley of the shadow of death. Christ hung on the tree, bearing our sins and iniquities. This darkness fell over the whole this area. This deep darkness. And there, darkness fell on Him. That he walked through not the valley of shadow of death. He walked through the valley of death. It was not merely just a shadow of death. It was death itself. But he was victorious. Through his sacrifice. He made the valley of death the valley of the shadow of death. He made the grave away. Through, not a cul-de-sac. He defeated the last enemy. Isaiah puts it in Isaiah chapter 25. The death is swallowed up forever. Virgin said that Jesus had transformed death from a dreary cavern into a passage leading to glory. The comfort for the believer is not that we walk through the valley. The comfort is that Christ has walked through the valley before us and we merely follow Him. Before we enter the valley, there's not a sign that says no through road. The valley is a passageway. The dark season is just that. A season. The trials and the tribulations have an end date. Now we do not know how long this season might be. We do not know when the season of winter in the life of a Christian ends. When spring becomes a reality. We see this in, we have the markers in this life of lengths of days. Do not have that in the life of a believer. They're marked with God's plan and purposes. There's comfort that we walk through, that there's an end to this valley. Even death for the believer is not the end for them. It is the end of many things. 
end of sorrow, the end of sickness, the end of sin, the end of pain. It is the birthday of all eternity. Christian. The Good Shepherd has laid down His life for His sheep. So that they might be able to walk through the valley of the deepest darkness. The death is defeated. The death is no longer victorious. Death has no victory. Death has no sting. Because Christ has gone before His sheep. Then we truly understand that we have no reason to fear. Richard Baxter illustrates this quite well when he explains why we have no reason to fear. Oh, if we did not truly believe the promise of this glory in the Word of God, and that God does truly mean as He speaks, and is fully resolved to make it good, we did truly believe that there is indeed such blessedness prepared for believers as the Scriptures mention. Surely we should be as impatient for living as we are now fearful of dying. And should think every day a year till our last day should come. If a man that is desperately sick today did believe he should arise sound the next morning. Or a man today in despicable poverty have assurance that he should tomorrow arise a prince, would they be afraid to go to bed? Or rather, think it is the longest days of their lives. Till they desired night and morning came. This is not just a great verse to be read at a funeral but also in the life of the believer. That throughout all our moments on this earth, we realize that death is just a doorway. There will be a time where there is no death before us. We need to be reminded of this truth every day. That even though the believer may face difficulties or dark seasons in this life, It is only in this life that they will have to face them. We do not need to fear because the Good Shepherd has gone before us. We have the good and glorious hope of the resurrection. So the last enemy is defeated. Let's go to the Lord. O gracious and most merciful Father, we give You thanks and praise for this glorious line in the psalm in which we find great comfort. Not only great comfort as we walk through the darkest valleys of our life, that we realize that we have no reason to fear evil, knowing that You are with us, but also, Lord, that You have gone before us. Lord, that we have a great High Priest who is able to sympathize with all of our weaknesses, yet without sin. Lord, You are the One who leads us. Let us follow You as Your sheep on that well-trodden path great cloud of witnesses have gone before us. We know that through Christ and His resurrection that death is swallowed up forever. 
Let us find this comfort in every day of our lives as we long for that moment to see you face to face and not just through faith. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Seven Springs Presbyterian Church. If you want to learn more about us, please find us on Facebook or visit us at sevenspringspresbyterian.com. Seven Springs Presbyterian Church began in 1874 and is a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America located in Glade Spring, Virginia. Please join us for worship on Sunday at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. for His glory and His gospel.